0: Here we go with week four. The Rams are going to the desert to take on Arizona at 2-1. and one. They're atop the NFC West with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. and J.B. Long. Opening drive, gentlemen. Your first statements. Go ahead, d Oh boy. Uh, has Fitz retired yet? He has not, and he is still playing away? <laughs> at an all-pro level. Uh,
1: you know what? Back in the day, this was a couple of years ago, you had to deal with Fitz and Anquan Bolden as a Rams fan. And let me tell you, um, every Sunday was a bad Sunday because of those two. But um, their passing game, I think they have the best passing offense in the NFC West. Uh, Carson Palmer is an elite-level passer. Uh, Fitz is a perfect route runner. I think Malcolm Floyd, when he wants to, is one of the better deep threats in the game. And the Brown brothers, um, John Brown in particular, is kind of the do-all gadget-type guy. So when you think about how the Rams' defense is constructed... You can get after anybody's quarterback. Can you cover all these top-level guys? Um, so that's that's the first thing I think about when I wake up and think about the Cardinals.
0: How much can EJ Gaines help in that effort? He's full go in practice and looks like he's set to make his 2016 debut.
1: You know, um, it all depends. To me, it starts with your lead corner and... You know, who do you put Tremaine Johnson on? Let me tell you, the last time he was in Arizona, he had – it was a full day's work for him. I mean, they were coming after him. Uh, They stayed away from Janoris Jenkins, so he saw a lot of action. So which guy do you put him on and say, that's our eraser? So EJ Gaines is going to be on Floyd at some point. He's going to be on one of the Brown guys at some point. So uh, it's going to take all hands on deck to – suppress this passing
0: offense from putting the ball in the end zone. All right, so DeMarco has his eye on the Arizona passing attack. Let's welcome in Maurice Jones. Drew Big Picture thought week 4 from you.
2: You know what? I think more than anything DeMarco hit you on know, you have to get pressure on Carson Palmer when he has when he feels pressure, he becomes average. He comes just just a guy. You know, when you watch the Buffalo Bills, um, they got to him a little early in the game. Then he started throwing picks. He tends to panic a little bit. So that's the key to, in this game plan. I think defensively is attacking uh, Car- Carson Palmer in the passing game and stopping uh, David Johnson in the run game. You have to stop the run. Again, I think we're going to see a similar game plan as what we saw in Tampa Bay. More of a two-high two sh- uh, cover two-shell and just unloaded box and making those guys a-, a front run. But I think the key is, and DeMarco, you let me know because I haven't got a chance to get to practice. but yeah. Are right, we going to see Aaron Donald play D-end again this no. week?
1: No. You know, um, I hope Eugene Sims stays in the game. Um, it depends on William Hayes. Is he going to be healthy and up and active for this game? Uh, Matt Longacre um, is a guy that we talked about in preseason. Nice insurance policy. Great that insurance end, right? policy. Yeah, I mean, he's going to come off the bench and, and give you something. I mean, at least a, a starters-level effort out there in a rotation. So, yeah, look, Veldir versus Quinn, I'm taking Quinn. Donald versus either one of their guards, I'm taking Donald. Now, on the backside... I think Greg Williams, the D coordinator, can make up something to get pressure off that side if it's not William Hayes. So they'll get to Palmer, um, but can you cover the guys up when the ball leaves his hand?
0: Quick note on Quinn, nine sacks, eight career games against Arizona. So he likes what he sees in the Cardinals, four sacks in his past five against the NFC West. This wraps up the first trip through the NFC West for our Los Angeles Rams. Meanwhile, the one and two Arizona Cardinals—they have not played a division game yet, so this is their first taste of the NFC West. Speaking of practice, off day today, but you were there yesterday, Demarco. What'd you notice? You know, uh,
1: I was watching, of course, watching Case Keenum, watching the offense function, watching Todd Gurley, and all that stuff. And I had to keep an eye on, you know, the the left end spot because of how. The game unfolded last week. I wanted to see if William Hayes was going to be healthy and active, and I did not see him at practice, but I did see Eugene Sims. So
0: rest was the key for this week, rest, more than reps, right? Right.
1: But I did notice um, there seems to be a renewed effort of getting the bo- renewed effort of getting the ball downfield. So there were a lot of deep throws, uh, and Brian Quick was underneath a lot of them. So I don't think what we saw in Tampa was just a one-game aberration. I, th- I think maybe he's getting back to that level we saw him at before the shoulder injury.
2: You're telling everybody the game plan right no. now. Come on, now. No, I, I, I think yeah. more than anything, Rob Boris has grown as a play caller. We, we've, we're watching him grow from week one, week two, to week three, where you've seen the offense – the game plan is expanded. Obviously week one where everyone was calling for a play action pass, go deep, take a shot. What we're seeing there, that they like to flood zones. They like to run crossing routes. They're finding ways to get Tavon Austin the ball, not only in those in the screen game, but down the field as well. They're making checks. They're taking advantage of certain situations. You know, third and five on your opponent's forty. They they saw that Mike Smith likes to go zero. That they take advantage of a great play call. Those are things that you're going to start to see more and more of. And I think as long as Case Keenum, you know, continues to play the way he's playing and and not make mistakes. You know, obviously the pick six is is tough to uh, overcome, but they did. Uh, As long as he continues to play mistake free ball, you'll see that offense expand more.
0: Coming up tonight on Rams All Access, speaking of quick, he is our guest. Marco will have a conversation with him, and he's got competition in that receiving court. Two rookies finally up at practice. How do they fit in? We'll answer that question, and we'll take your questions, tweet them in at ESPN Los Angeles or at JB underscore Long coming up next: a look at the defense, and emotionally, can the Rams be prepared for a third consecutive huge week? Can they get greedy on the road at Arizona? It's all coming up tonight on Rams All Access with Maurice Jones-Drew, Demarco Farr, and J.B. Long, and on ESPN LA seven ten. Here's the snap. He throws left side on the backfield. Sims, he's popped, and it's picks. Trumaine Johnson delivered the hit and it away. Right there, Jameis
2: Winston checked out of the play. Alec Ogletree checks everybody into a cover two, that cover two shell. Jameis Winston thinks he's going to get blitz. throws it hot to Charles Sims. Tremaine Johnson comes up and makes a play, and then Mark Barron picks it off. That's what you need to get this thing going. Get off the field defense and keep it going.
0: Welcome back to Rams All Access. You know, my favorite part about that whole exchange is when DeMarco jumps in with ball don't lie. Because ball, it came right lie. after the roughing of Jameis Winston uh, from Alec Ogletree. And uh, as we saw the replay, that was a, a nonsense look,
2: call. Did I he have get a respect fine for that?
1: No. I okay. have respect for every official on the field. It's a tough job. But come on, Ed. There's no way you saw roughing the passer on that play, Ed Hockley. There's
2: no way. <laughs> Hey, DeMarcus, we all know Ed has to get his six seconds of uh, yeah, his fame. The gun show. Every, yeah. Yes. He has to make sure people know that he's been working <laughs> doing tries and buys.
1: I like Ed, but come on, man. I just, he, sometimes he goes out of his way to protect quarterbacks, and he does it at the expense of a hard hitting defense. Come on, that shouldn't have been called.
0: That's one of the flags in the run of play. It's the pre snap and post snap penalties that are really driving Jeff Fisher up a wall. The Rams coaching staff giving a little presentation on penalties this week. They've been penalized for 83 yards per game so far this season. That's third most in the NFL. Arizona, by comparison, just 46 penalty yards per game. Let's go back to the defense. So, two weeks in a row, they have made game clinching plays Ogletree against Seattle, and then Quinn brings down Winston after that lightning delay. Uh, But, gentlemen, it was an emotional, exhausting effort. They were on the field a ton, surrendered 472 yards, and faced 90 Tampa Bay offensive snaps. How do they rally for a third consecutive week physically and emotionally?
2: Well, I mean, that's what they have to do. This team is based off the defense. It's similar to, you know, the way Seattle plays. It's similar to the way the Broncos play. It's similar to the way a couple more teams are going towards that that defensive heavy ball control offense. And if that's the case, that's just your job. Your job is to rally up and find a way to make, get stops, create turnovers, and create wins.
1: You know, I thought it was awesome for Todd Gurley, gutting it out, you know, getting the tough, gritty – down in dirty yards and then putting the ball in the end zone twice. I thought that was phenomenal. It was tough sledding for him, and he still scored twice. Uh, Seeing Case Keenum at least find uh, a way to get the ball down the field. Uh, Sometimes it's not how hard or how fast you're throwing the football, it's when you let it go, when you see man coverage. I I think he had that going down in Tampa. And then the defense, shorthanded, coming up with ways to get off the field, scoring on defense, and uh, getting the big play at the end. Um, It's a big win on the road, but I think it's going to give them more of a lift because of how they did it and what they went through. So, you know, I think every good run, every good playoff team, it starts with some sort of win like this that gets you to believe that you're better than, you know, what you really are. So, yeah, I think this could be one of those – catalyst-type games, if they
0: can follow it up in Arizona. Now, one of the great things that this defense has done is make halftime adjustments and come out and get a stop on the opponent's opening drive of the third quarter. All three opponents have taken the third-quarter kick, and the Rams have pitched a collective shutout in the third quarter. Zero third-quarter points allowed through three games.
1: You know, I, you, you don't know how big that is, because in the Jeff Fisher era, it was the opposite for a while. I mean, they sleptwalked coming out of the locker room at, at half, so... They really figured out a way to come out, you know, all guns blazing, so... Uh, that's on jeff fisher that's definitely
0: on greg williams
1: fixing that part of your football team because it wasn't always that way
0: speaking of sleepwalking arizona has sleptwalked through first quarters they've yet to score in the opening period of their three games they have punted on each of their first two drives all three weeks all right let's get into some listener questions and let's start with eric w i'll throw this one your way mo uh with cooper and spruce getting healthy active in practice this week how much more dynamic can the offense be with the rookie wide receivers
2: i think it'd be very dynamic we We saw Farrell Cooper in the first game uh, catch some some great passes. We saw him in Denver catch an amazing catch where he hurts his shoulder. So they're going to give Case Keenum more option to throw to obviously Nelson Spruce, the guy who's always open. You know, there's there's something to say, you know, he may not be the fastest, he may not be the strongest, but when you're always open, that's an attribute that a lot of people don't have. And so I think it'll give them more. I think Nelson Spruce you'll see more on third and five, third and – Uh, to when he gets in the lineup. And then uh, I think Farrell Cooper can be that deep threat along with Brian Quick and also a guy that can work the middle of the field.
0: Now, when they get in the lineup is, of course, the question. DeMarco, they're not going to have seven receivers active on Sunday at Arizona. So how do you make the decision when to break in the rookies and who sits down?
1: You're competing on throughout the week, um, whoever makes the fewest mistakes. Who can play special teams, too? I mean, you cannot be a specialist unless... You're a frontline starter, as in Kenny Britt. Even Tavon Austin's a starter. He does a lot on special teams in the return game. But some of these other guys... Bradley Marquez, uh, for Bradley instance. Marquez, Farrow yep. uh, Cooper, um, Nelson Spruce, we'll see, maybe. You're going to have to go down and possibly cover a kick. You're going to have to actually work uh, to get on the field.
0: Mo Brandon Bate wants to know if the lack of weapons, as he describes, in quarterback play are limiting Gurley so far, averaging fewer than three yards per carry.
2: I I can't say it's a lack lack of weapons, but I think the the passing game has to expand more for Gurley for defenses to respect it, so they don't have to come out and load the box. You know, I heard Gurley talk on uh, on the radio this morning. Uh, He was at a a Tops event, and he was saying, you know, we're seeing 8-9 in the box every week, and that and that's what's going to happen until you, you continue to take the top off of the defense throwing posts, goes, scoring in the passing game. If you don't do that, it's going to be tough to uh, run against 8-9 man boxes.
0: D-Far, is there an element of blocking there, too? Our ace statistician, Rebecca Lally, reports that 89% of Todd's yards so far this season have come after contact, which tells me he's getting contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to block him up up front. I mean, hat on a hat, you can't lose, but But you're
1: going to be outnumbered in the box with with guys like Todd Gurley. But just going back to Georgia, I know it's college. um, It seemed like he made Mark Richt a much better coach because it was Todd Gurley versus three guys, and he would win. You know, Just get him in the open field, and he'd make a guy miss, run a guy over, or outrun somebody. This is not
2: college. I know. This is not the SEC. But you saw that
1: run, that 15-yard run, that whirling deal. I mean, he's got that sort of ability. So if you can get him in space versus one guy, or or at, at the most two, he can
2: deal with one, make a guy miss, and get going. I think that's the key, though. The defense, are doing a great job of limiting the space right. that he can work in. It's not as if they're not trying to design. They're trying ways to, to get him in space. But when the defense is kind of uh, corralling you and only giving you a couple yards to do things, that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, for Todd, just one 100-yard rushing effort in his last 11 games, going back to last year. But this is friendly territory for him, going back to University of Phoenix Stadium. Demarco, you were there last year when he erupted in Week Four for 144 yards after halftime. Yeah. Can 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 those good vibes carry through to 2016? Absolutely,
1: it it was crazy. Mo, um, he he won the game and he took a job, all in one afternoon. He wasn't the guy. It was Trey Mason. Trey Mason was getting the lion's share of the carries, and then it became girly time. Well, stay with him. you know, Ride the hot horse. Wait a minute. Uh, This guy is going to be a lead back. And then he ends the game, ices the game, with a long run, a smart long run, where he takes a knee when they had the lead. So, yeah, um, I I guess you can say that's the beginning of the Todd Gurley era. So he's going back to a familiar place, but remember, that's a prideful defense down there that lost to you because of you, so I don't think you're sneaking up on anybody this time.
2: Well, I also think that that's a prideful defense that just gave up a ton of action to the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, and so I think, again, giving kudos to the Rams for going all the way to Tampa and winning and watching a very good Arizona team go and get stomped. By the Buffalo Bills. So you got to know coming back home, Bruce Aarons is a guy. He's he's a prideful guy. He talks to those guys like, man, and you, you hear some of the comments and quotes that they're talking about down there. This is not going to be an easy game, but it's, it's still a game that I, I, I personally feel the Rams can win if they don't turn the ball over because Carson Palmer will do that.
0: You're right. There's an air of desperation around the Cardinals right now. You know, even their long snapper got waved this week. He got the axe, their punters hurt. I mean, there's a lot that's not right, including that passing game, yeah. though it is.
1: Is that better than what Buffalo did? Your defense gives up 37 points, so you fire the offensive coordinator. So you're 1-2, and two and you fire the long snapper. I guess well, that's better. Listen, I, the funny thing about Someone's it. Someone's got to take the
2: somebody's fall. has got to go. We, we did this thing at the network, and it was like they were so cheap on having a long snapper. They didn't want to pay the guys. They got a rookie long snapper. And, and, and I, my dad always told me, my mom always told me, either you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. And right now they're paying later because they, they were
0: trying to be cheap. Well, last week, Drew Butler gets hurt. He aggravated his left foot. He's also the holder. So then Cameron Canada, the long snapper, uncorks a bad one. And guess what? They're chasing it with a gimpy punter as your holder and your kicker. Right. So, of course, Buffalo scoops and scores. And that was the beginning of the end for Arizona in uh, week three. They go to one and two. How big of an opportunity is this? And is there a sense of getting greedy in the Rams locker room right now? Because that same Buffalo team is coming here to the Coliseum in week five If you can find a way to get this road win, you could be sitting pretty.
2: Well, yeah, I I think more than anything, um, we're talking. If we everyone breaks these the season down into quarters, and so you're talking about the first quarter, and always what I was taught was if you can get at least two wins in the first quarter. Uh then you can get three wins in the second and can kind of throw so on and so forth so you can go hot into the playoffs. Uh if you can get three wins in the first quarter, it it gives you a little room for and two error. against your division. It, exactly, two against your division. It gives you a little error, a little uh you know, time a little cushion. A little, yeah. A little because you are traveling a lot uh after Buffalo, you Detroit, then to London to play the Giants, which is another tough team. So i I think it'll be uh this is a, a kind of a pivotal game right now for the Rams. You
1: know, everybody wants the W, no doubt. I mean, everybody's going to be happy with a 3 nothing win if you want to. But I, as long as you keep seeing progress within the offense, um, they finally hit the end zone and they did it multiple times, well, let me see if you can follow that up again and be more efficient. Uh, maybe scoring four times against the Cardinals is asking a bit much, but at least you don't take a step backwards. You you build on what you did in Tampa. Then, if you get the victory then, I would say that that would give you all the confidence in the
0: world. Let's hit our Twitter poll real quick. With the Rams at 2-1, and one, we asked, what is your revised expectation in terms of win total for the 2016 team? Just 5% are envisioning 11 or more wins at this point. 20% see a 10-win total. A quarter of the responders say 9 wins. And 50%, still half of the voters, say 8 or fewer. So... The Rams may have convinced themselves, they haven't fully convinced their fan base yet that this is a division contending and playoff team.
1: What is Coach Fisher's record? Is he just twelve wins above five hundred? It's a safe bet to go eight and eight if you're voting. I mean, that's that's what he's been. But look, I I think it all depends on really, and I hate to keep beating a dead horse. It all depends on what you get out of seventeen. Yeah, well, I, if I, he lifts, I, if he lifts his play, he lifts the offense. You've got the defense. Then ten wins, eleven wins is entirely possible.
2: I, I think more for me, um, it's, it's 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 how do you take care of the Arizona Cardinals? You took you've taken care of the Seahawks. The Niners are a little banged up. I, I, obviously, week one is one that we always want to kind of get rid of, but you have an opportunity to jump on the division and then have some winnable games here right back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. I mean, you can run As off the three. schedule
0: shifts home and in your favor in the second half exactly. of the season. Yeah. Uh, one more quick Twitter submission before we go to break here. Uh, E.S. Wilson is listening and tweets in, when will the offense get rookie tight end Tyler Higby more involved? Uh, He's a matchup nightmare for the defense. We saw him targeted early, right away in San Francisco. Have not heard from the rookie tight end since.
2: They've tried to give him the ball, but he drops it. As simple as that, you know. And especially in an offense that's struggling, you cannot drop the ball. I don't care if there's thirty guys on your back. The offense needs you to make those plays. And so I I think early on in the Tampa game, they threw a a case through like a flat to him, and it was a little high, but. He didn't catch it. And so those are the issues that you're having. He is a mismatch. But how are you a mismatch if you're not catching the ball when it's thrown to you?
1: You know, he's dropped. He's missed his opportunity. And for the most part, Lance Kendricks hasn't. Right. He's made the most of his. So, you know, I, I think he's got some work to do there to get back in the good graces of the staff and the quarterback.
0: Not just uh, Tyler, but the entire pass-catching group. They lead the NFL with 13 drops, something they're certainly going to focus on this week with more competition at receiver coming from the rookies. See more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit VividSeats.com slash Rams today and reserve your official ticket travel and VIP tailgate package to the next game. VividSeats.com slash Rams. Rams Up next, our first look at those Arizona Cardinals. Plus, still to come, a conversation with Brian Quick, who brought in the first touchdown of 2016. You're listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Back on Rams All Access in time for four down territory, our weekly trip into opponent's territory to speak with someone who covers the opposition this week. Week four, it's a trip to Arizona to take on the one and two Cardinals. Back from Buffalo, it's Ron Wolfley, a former player. Great, and also part of the uh, broadcasting team, teaming with Dave Pat. I'm gonna pass you uh, pass you off to Demarco Far, your buddy here, and he'll get you started. Wolf,
1: what's up, man? What's going on, my brother? I'm good. I'm not buying it. Uh, the Cardinals at one and two. All, all of a sudden, not a good football team. I'm not buying it. You always get well against the Rams, anyway.
3: You know what? Look, um, they're one and two, and they're one and two for a reason. As far as I'm concerned, they their defense has not performed like it did a year ago. They've had slow starts, even their offense. They have not scored a point, DeMarco. Think about that. This offense that was number one in yards per game, number one in yards per play, and number two in points scored last year, they have not scored a point in three games in the first quarter. With
1: With the exception of a few names, it's still the same offense. What happened? I mean, is this whole thing about Carson Palmer losing his confidence in the playoffs, is that a real thing?
3: You know, look, I I don't believe so, DeMarco. And the reason why I can say that with certitude is because if you watch him in his first two games, there's no doubt about it, the offense started slow, but it wasn't just Carson Palmer. The guy had a combined quarterback rating in the first two games of 113. He threw five touchdowns and zero interceptions. And I mean, he was, in my opinion, he was sharp. Now, look, (laughs) It's not going to be that way every time you go out there and play. And give the Bills credit, they were a desperate team. They were an 0-2 team, and they played hard. Now, look, if you watch the film on that game, the Buffalo Bills game, and you watch both sides of the ball, you tell me what you saw on both sides of the ball because I saw a desperate team in the Buffalo Bills, and I saw a team that may not have been quite as desperate on the line of scrimmage. And that's where it's going to show. If you're going to look at a team and you want to find out if that team is ready to play more times than not, you go ahead and look at the line of scrimmage. You watch that Bills game and you tell me that this was a desperate team in the Arizona Cardinals on both sides of the ball. They were not. This week... They might be a little bit more desperate.
0: We're chatting with four-time Pro Bowler Ron Wolfley, who's also the color analyst for the Arizona Radio Broadcast Team. Uh, JB Long here in Los Angeles. We were talking off the air before this broadcast, wondering if David Johnson has staying power in the NFL. Is he still going to be back? We're talking about in two, three years.
3: Oh man, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I think we're going to be we're going to be talking about David Johnson this year. He's performed very, very well when given the opportunity and. Makes a lot of plays out of nothing, guys. And I don't know if you happen to see, there was a play where he almost scored a touchdown. Matter of fact, they they ruled it a touchdown. No, actually, they ruled him down. But he should have been tackled on the five-yard line. And there were three bills around him. His ability to start and stop is incredible. And not only that, he can run wide receiver routes. And you know how difficult that is to Marco. You just... You don't have running backs that can run wide receiver routes and then catch the ball with the aplomb and the acumen of a wide receiver. And yet, this guy can do it and does it very, very well. He's a he's a matchup nightmare for any defensive coordinator. What are you going to do? You're going to put a linebacker on him. If he motions out of that backfield, you're going to put a safety on him. You're going to put a corner on him. What are you going to do? with David Johnson. I think the guy is that good, and I think he'll prove it by the end of this year.
1: Anybody you put on him, the D coordinator, is got the tight cheeks. It doesn't matter. The guy's that good. And I remember last year in Arizona, if he catches that one on the goal line, I mean, he just dropped it. Uh, the, the Cardinals weren't very good in the red zone last year, or that game's a different story. But uh, he's tremendous. But uh, that was Todd Gurley's coming out party last year. So I remember oh, we were just boy. talking about the run where he iced the game. I mean, from your perspective, what did you think of Todd Gurley coming in?
3: Oh, my goodness, uh, this guy is an unmitigated freak, and I say that in the most endearing way that I possibly can. And I know he's got the respect of all the guys. I was just at a, a function, as a matter of fact, a radio show that Calais Campbell does every Thursday night here in Phoenix called The Big Red Rage, and he had Marcus Golden with him. So you had Marcus Golden and Calais Campbell, and these guys were just shaking their head talking about Todd Gurley. Well, I think that's really not a surprise. He's that good. It's not just his ability to make some people miss and the speed that he has, of course. What I love about Todd Gurley is he's got the hammer. And you know what I'm talking about, DeMarco. He's got that third rail of running the ball. (laughs) If he wants to run right over you, you're in trouble. Because you know he could go to your left or he could go to your right And then there's the third rail of running the ball, and that is ripping right over you. And he is a big guy, as you know. So Todd Gurley is a guy that has all the respect of the Arizona Cardinals, and rightfully so. All you need to do is put on the tape of that first game in particular at University of Phoenix Stadium last year, and especially that fourth quarter where you guys just took the game over, and it was because of Todd Gurley and his ability to run the ball.
1: Arizona Cardinals color analyst Ron Wolfley on Rams All Access. Hey, speaking of big fella. So I'm at the combine this year, right? And yeah. the biggest story of the combine was Robert Incamdigi. They kept asking, "Have you seen this guy? Did you see him in spandex?" Well, you've seen him down there in Arizona. Um what's he been? What's he been doing? How's he been playing?
3: You know, well, as you know, he's got that high ankle sprain and this has been this has been my personal biggest disappointment so far this season is not seeing a healthy Robert Kim out there in path. Uh, he, he got out a little bit at the end of training camp before the regular season. He got a couple of reps in a preseason game and he was still hurting and kind of tweaked it and re-injured that high ankle sprain. So here's a guy that has missed all of training camp Demarco, And you know, how critical that is. Even for a defensive lineman, he's missed all of training camp, and he's still struggling to get out on the field and, and be healthy. And, man, I, I don't know when we're going to see Robert Kimdichie. I, I really don't, because you've got a deep defensive line rope They kept nine defensive linemen on a 3-14 DeMarco, and every one of them, they're all NFL players. So now you've got this deep rotation. It's going to be difficult to prove yourself if you're Robert Kimdichie in practice that you deserve to have reps over these guys that are going out there and playing on Sunday. Now, the fact that they haven't been playing well at the point of attack, that might open a door for Robert Kimdichie. But, hey, guys, you're waiting to see him. And for the most part, we're waiting to see Robert Kimdichie as well.
0: Well, Ron, hope you enjoyed the uh, trip back to your home state in New York despite the uh, outcome, and thanks for spending some time with us on Rams All Access. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday afternoon.
3: Man, anything for DeMarco. My guy. God bless
1: you, bro. You too, man. Love you. It's my teammate right there. Yeah. Uh, the last of the Wedge Busters, Maurice. I'm serious. He would go down there and splatter the wedge.
2: There. He sounds like he can go down there and still do it.
1: Oh, yeah, and one of the funniest guys, too. Uh, the only guy that played for the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Rams. Uh, He lasted in the league that long. A tremendous guy. He's a
0: great broadcaster, too. From 85 to 95. Yeah, great guy. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things he hit on was the healthy dose of respect that the defense in Arizona has for Todd Gurley. Mo, as we welcome you back to the conversation, I'm wondering, like, did you ever look at what the run defense for an opponent was doing? Because right now Arizona is 28th in the NFL in terms of rushing yards allowed. Did you start to get, you know, kind of a, a watery mouth and feast on a defense that was hurting against the run?
2: No, not at all. Because <laughs> we, we we knew coming in that their main their main focus was to stop the run. They spent all week yeah. working
0: on making sure you didn't get off.
2: Exactly, and so we we knew we were going to get especially in Jackson. We knew we were going to get everybody's best uh chance, and we had some runs. And, and Coach Boris was on the staff too, and we had some runs where we were able to to devise some schemes to kind of get a outside defender stay outside. You don't have to block them, and you don't have to block all eight, but. Uh, you you have to work at those things. You know it, it doesn't. It's not overnight you could do that. I mean, right. I was with those five offensive linemen for six seven years, and we knew they knew how I was going to run. I knew how they were going to block. And we were able to take advantage of this thing with the same O line coach and the same running coach as well.
1: Wait, Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You're stopping the run.
2: (laughs) We had we had some uh, some tough things, man. But but again, I've talked with Todd about it, and and the the, the main thing that we both came to understanding is patience. You have to be patient. You can't you can't force things because the game is so funny. The one time that you try to do something outside of the scheme of the, the run play, it'll be the time that the hole's wide open for you to run for a 90-yard run.
0: You know, the Cardinals have not been able to stop the run yet, but they have been fantastic against the pass. We know they picked off Jameis Winston four times, and if Patrick Peterson, if we don't have to call his name on Sunday, that bodes well, right? The, the I Rams, want him bored. The Rams are just going to stay away from him, ah, DeMarco, you say. Stay
2: no. away. No. You got you to gotta make sure he's on his stay game. Stay away. You got to make sure he's on his game. Like, what if he's having an off day? Is, is you he can- out there he's on his game oh no is he out there he's on his that's not the competitive spirit that i'm used to stay
1: away from that guy
2: listen if i'm the oc i'm gonna make sure no we might not go deep but we may do something to try to double move or something just to see if he's on his game you know a play where we can just let him know okay we're not afraid to, to to test you
0: Three interceptions in the last four games against the Rams for one of the greats right now on Stay that side away. of the football, Patrick <laughs> Peterson. Uh, really exciting finish coming up on Rams all Access. We still have the interview with Brian Quick to get to, Maurice Jones-Drew fantasy stud of the week, all that and more on ESPN LA 710. The Rams and Seahawks tied at 2-1 atop the NFC West. The Cardinals and 49ers at 1-2. The Rams wrap up their first trip through that NFC West At Arizona on Sunday, it'll be the Cardinals' first divisional game of 2016. Let's start on the East Coast as Seattle makes the early trip to face the Jets. Seahawks. Jets. Uh, Last week's eight-turnover performance doomed the Jets. Obviously, Fitzpatrick was a brutal part of that. Could the Rams be so fortunate as to have a division opponent take a loss waking up early to play an East Coast game?
2: Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I Russell Wilson's banged up. We saw him week two. Now he has an MCL sprain. And I, I don't buy the hype that, like, oh, I'm healthy and strong. Like, I get it. We are all we're, we all would say those things. But you have to go out there and run around and, and have a knee brace on. That's not going to be we a good thing. We saw it at look. the Coliseum. He yeah. was not
0: Russell Wilson that we've come to know and respect. And you have
2: to add another injury to that as well. That offensive line is not getting any better. So. Yeah,
0: without
1: his wheels, man, he's a liability. He's a short quarterback. If he can't move, then... Uh, you're hamstrung on offense. So I I could see the Jets actually giving it to the Seahawks this week, which is good for Rams fans.
0: And not just Wilson, but Thomas Rawls, a hairline fracture in his fibula. He's going to miss several weeks, so it's Kristen Michael, who we saw here at the Coliseum with that final fumble that the Rams covered to clinch the win, who's going to be getting the heavy reps. Seahawks 2-1 against the 1-2 Jets Sunday at 1 Eastern. As for the Niners. Cowboys,
1: Niners, Pick them. <laughs> Anybody going with the Cowboys? Anybody going with
0: the 49ers? Uh, interesting stuff swirling about yeah. Des Bryant this week, too. Is there reports right. out that he's been missing meetings and he's not right physically or mentally?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, with Dez, I'd have been like, oh, Cowboys for sure. Right. But right now, I, I don't know. I can't, you know, I think this is a game the Niners can win. It's at home. Uh, you don't have Dez, they don't have any other real threat besides Dez. Zeke Elliott. Yeah, but when you I mean yeah. we saw what the Niners did at home against against the Rams, he's stopping the run, they can do that. Yeah. And so I think uh now you're gonna see how good Ezekiel Elliott is and how good that defense can be versus that Chip Kelly offense.
1: I'm still gonna take the Cowboys. Is Jason Witten still active?
2: Jason Witten I mean he outslows people.
1: I mean he outslows people. <laughs> yeah, that's how he gets open. He's so
2: slow, they're just like He rocks him to sleep. There's like no way this guy's gonna run out. There's right. no way.
1: It's oh, no. he went out. I can't believe it. Right. Uh, Prescott versus Blaine Gabbard. If you had a choice, which one would you want?
0: I'll ask JB. This year, Marius this knows. game, or or year long? Just period. Or... If you had a, a choice the between the two. I'm
1: biased. Right.
0: Dak, 99 pass attempts without an interception so far as a rookie. He's gotten better each week. Uh, I like the tools he has to work with yeah. a lot better. I'd probably lean Dak. I, I think that's why I'm going with the Cowboys.
2: I, I, the reason I, I would say the Niners is that without – just talk about the weapons that he has. Terrence Williams – no, <laughs> Jason Witten. I'll give you Jason Witten. Yeah. Then Ezekiel Elliott. When well, you look at Blaine Gabbert, though. and a really good O line though. And, yeah, yeah really good maybe line. the
0: best O line yeah, yeah. in the yeah. NFC. Well, plus without Dez, without plus Tyron Smith, Tyron yeah.
2: Smith is out as well. So you're yeah. talking about going against a defensive line that can get after the quarterback as well as as stuff as the run. Um, they did a really good job early on against uh, Carolina before Cam kind of took over with Kelvin Benjamin. But you know, I think it's just a toss up. You flip a coin.
0: 49ers have gotten 45 points off of turnovers, too. Turnovers can kind of be unpredictable, and they like water, they tend to find their level, right? So you wonder if that's going to swing back in the other direction because that's where they've been making their living in terms of producing points so far. So, again, L.A. and Seattle, 2-1, tied atop the division. The Seahawks go to the East Coast. Meanwhile, it's the Cowboys and the Niners, and we will be in Arizona for Rams and Cardinals. Let's transition back to L.A. And DeMarco was out at practice yesterday. Again, today is an off day. For the Rams, at least in terms of on-field competition. Uh, And last week, they scored their first touchdown of 2016, 44 yards. Case Keenum to Brian Quick. Go ahead and set up your conversation with B. Quick.
2: You
1: know, this is uh, funny. Um, You've seen this before, Mo. There, there, There are guys that can play, and there are supremely talented people, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Guys with, uh, with, with just about everything you need to be a superstar, and uh, minus the production. I, I think Brian Quick is that sort of guy. He's got everything you need to be a superstar athlete. He just needs to back it up on the field. So uh, that's some of the things we talked about with Brian Quick
4: catch the ball, <laughs> make a touchdown. Um, that's the only. That's the only thing going through my mind, man. Even before the play, um, I saw the coverage. Case recognize the coverage, and um, you know we we're gonna take a shot.
1: I, you were like, "Please get this ball to me," because I'm wide open, right? Yeah, yeah
4: of course. You know, um, I know he was gonna get the ball to the open person, man, like he always does. But um, you know, I just my antennas went up because I seen the coverage, like you know, and uh, you know, just make a play. That's all going through my head. It was a hell of a catch, man. I mean, a great play. It, it gave your team a lift. You
1: were in the end zone. I was standing right by your team on the sideline. You should have saw your guys go crazy for you, man. That's got
4: to make you feel good. Oh, it makes me feel good. We come out here every day for each other. You know, we just uh, practice hard and uh, just translate that over to the game.
1: That was your eighth or ninth touchdown pass career? Um, Eighth. Eighth touchdown. I mean, I saw you looking for the football. Was this one special? Like, you wanted it from the ball boy. Was
4: this one different, special for you? Yeah, it was special to me. Um, uh, You know, coming off the injury uh, two years ago, uh, me and Byron was talking, you know, we had a a conversation with him. I said, uh, my next touchdown that I get... my first touchdown as far as coming back from my injury I'm going to give you the ball um, because you know you taking your time um, to help me get back and uh, you know it meant a lot because you know I felt him you know really putting his heart into it and uh, you know coming to work every day with me and me you know just working and um, you know me and him you know grew a bond you know our, our bond became strong and uh, and uh, you know I told him I said look the next one's for you man and uh, I made sure that I got that ball from the ball boy and gave it to him. I mean that's, that's awesome, man. I can tell just by the way you're talking that that means a lot to you. It does, man, because, you know, that was a season injury. I mean, I mean, career in injury, you know, that's what every quote-unquote everybody says, you know, but, you know, I wasn't thinking that and he wasn't thinking that and, um, you know, I just know my drive and know what I can do. So I just came back, man, just focused and, you know, we just, you know, grind, grinded hard, man, and, you know, I'm back and you know, we're looking forward to the upcoming games and, you know, just you know, compare, you know, just trying to win.
1: You know, I see, I don't miss anything, especially when we travel. I'm trying to figure out who has more swag, you or Eugene Sims. I mean, when it, when it comes
4: to shoes, you and him, it's like neck-and-neck neck competition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I try to stay swagged up a little bit, you know. <laughs> hey, but, you know, most of that stuff really doesn't matter, man. But, uh, you know, I just try to look as good as possible, man. You know, you, um, you know, presentation is everything to me. But looking so, better on the field is more important. Hey, you know what? It gets ugly out there on the field, man. You know, as a right receiver, you got to look, you know, we got to be swagged out a little bit, but in the, the day, you know, you got to block, you know, everything's going to get dirty, and, you know, at, you know, it just got to be had that nasty mentality, so, you know, looks really doesn't matter, but, you know, as a receiver, you kind of, kind of, you know, try to swag it up a little bit. I got you. Uh, okay, so this Sunday, you got the Cardinals coming up, and, you know, a lot of LA fans will
1: look at their record and say, maybe they aren't as good, so school us about the Arizona Cardinals. How good do they look? How tough is this game going to be?
4: Um, It's, it's going to be a tough game. It's a conference game. You know, they play us. Hard every time, you know. But we play them harder, you know. You know, I just have faith in my guys, and I know how hard we work. So you know, not really, you know, worrying about them. It's about us. But you know, you still have to study and you know, just you know, see how they move and see what they do, so we can be prepared when we come out there on Sunday. But they're a good team, and you know, we're just we're just ready to play them, and you know, just you know, ready for a hard fall game. Brian, thanks. All right, thank. You.
0: Good stuff there, D-Far, with Brian Quick, who signed a approve it one-year deal this offseason, back with the Rams and trying to live up to that uh, first-round potential. Good receiver, man. Um, App State guy. First pick is second-round. Yeah,
1: yeah. App State guy. I mean, you can tell uh, he didn't have a thick playbook in college. So um, it, it's been a chore to get him on the field but a couple of years ago he was actually on the rise he was the Rams number one target and then he hurt the shoulder like he said and it could have been career ending so that kind of set him back but it's good to see him back on the field and making plays
2: It's always good to see talented guys get opportunities over and over and over again because consistency will allow these guys to kind of bump up. Now, we've had these talks uh, off air about being a third year. By the time you're in your third year, sometimes that's delayed a little bit because a small school guy who didn't have the best nutrition, didn't have the best playbook or the best coaching, comes and has to relearn things and get things retaught
0: to him. One thing that I thought got overlooked on that touchdown catch, the 44-yarder, was the third down and seven, I believe, it was that was converted from Keenum uh, to Tavon, part of Tavon's breakout day for 2016. Uh, he also went for a deep touchdown. But hey, everyone on the receiving core right now is competing because there are two new rookies, Farrow Cooper and Nelson Spruce, who are up at practice this week. We'll see if they're up and active and making their pro debuts in Arizona on Sunday. As we continue, Maurice Jones Drew. With the fantasy stud of the week, plus keys to victory, and we go inside the numbers next on Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710. Comparison as we welcome you back to Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Maurice Jones drew DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and it's Carson Palmer who has the reputation for taking the deep shots and bombing over the top, whereas Case Keenum's a bit more of a dink and dunk, stretch it horizontally. But numbers this season, Palmer completing just 35% of his passes beyond 15 yards. One touchdown, four picks beyond 15. Case Keenan, meanwhile, 64% complete outside of 15 yards. Two touchdowns, no picks. Granted, he's got about a a third of the attempts, so it's still true that Palmer likes to take shots deep, but uh, he has not, has not been finding his targets.
2: Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see this game live, um, see how many shots they go deep, because he struggled. And he's been struggling, and it's funny because you know, I, I get it, DeMarco, like you're used to the old Cardinals and how things going, on, but this isn't the Cardinals of 2015. This is a team that I, I haven't seen before. I mean, you struggle at home against the Patriots. Uh, you whip Tampa, but then you go back and struggle. They're kind of like Dr.
0: Heckle, uh, Mr. Hyde. D-Far, let me play a little Bruce Arians, and then I'll All let right. you react to the Cardinals head coach.
1: We got some guys trying to do too much, trying to make plays pressing and trying too hard. I think that's easy, correctable. The biggest thing for me right now is figure out why we are so poor coming out at halftime. Three weeks in a row, we have not played the first five minutes of the third quarter like we had talked about in the locker room. And uh, identifying it is one thing. Finding a solution is another, and i got to find a solution. The first thing is to get the player to admit he made a problem. He has a problem. A lot of them say, oh, I'll be back Wednesday. It's going to be okay. And It's not that way. we got we got to identify the problems. And then have a positive way of
2: fixing it. That's what hopefully is going on right now.
1: I can tell by his voice he likes Al Green. (laughs) I'm just saying. That's my time. But uh, I understand. I mean, they're not playing very well. It's not. uh, Carson Palmer isn't playing very well. Um, Malcolm Floyd isn't playing very well. The two Brown brothers aren't playing uh, very well. They're not brothers. They just call them the Brown brothers. They're not playing very well. John and Jerron. John and Jerron. I mean, eventually, they're going to get. Going. They're gonna start clicking. They've got a lot of talent. David Johnson is a problem. He's a matchup nightmare. So at some point, all that is gonna to come together. The numbers you mentioned, Carson Palmer versus Case Keenum, I bet by December that's gonna be flipped. Uh it's it's inevitable. Um I, I don't think Carson Palmer is done or or is I'll just say it, I don't think he's done uh or what you're seeing
0: right now is actually the real thing. I just don't think they're playing that well right now. So that was the head coach of the Cardinals. As for Jeff Fisher, Rams head coach, the Jeff Fisher Show is live from bogeys at the Westlake Village Inn Mondays at 6. Coach will recap the game against the Cardinals this coming Monday, and then look ahead to the return to the Coliseum against the Buffalo Bills. The Jeff Fisher Show Monday six to seven only here on ESPN LA seven ten and the ESPN app. Quickly before we go, guys, Maurice Jones Drew, how about your fantasy stud of the week? LA and Arizona, who jumps off the page for you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to go one the Brown brothers. I think that's going to be the issue. Who won't be shadowed by Tremaine Johnson? We've seen the other corners struggle with the deep ball. So that's going to be the key. The Brown brothers, whichever one of them goes deep, Jerron or John, it just depends on who's covering them.
0: And we did this last week. I asked you for your all time favorite Buccaneers, or when you thought of the the Tampa Bay franchise, who comes to mind? How about as we go to Arizona, what Cardinal name pops into your mind as former players? No Kurt, Kurt Kurt no Kurt Warner. No Kurt Warner. No, I take him away <laughs> I'm from I'm going to cheat and say Kurt Warner. All right, fair
1: No, uh, Larry Centers. Larry Centers, the biggest cheap shot chip artist of all time. So one of the best blockers out of the backfield ever. Larry Centers.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with a young Anquan, year one. When he went out there and broke all those records, that was the first time I knew Arizona had an NFL team. And, you know, me being a young millennial, I mean, just the way he carried himself uh, being a second-round pick, just doing what he did. I'm a second-round pick, too, so we had a win like that.
0: There you go. So one more road game before the Rams make their return to the Coliseum. They're at 2-1. and one. They're atop the NFC West. Can they bring it home at 3-1? and one? Can they get greedy in Glendale? We will talk to you from the University of Phoenix Stadium coming up on Sunday, Rams and Cardinals. For MJD and D Far. I'm JB Long. Thank you for joining us. For Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710, have a great weekend.